Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies, found out that I had finished rebuilding the wall, and that no gaps remained, though we had not yet set up the doors in the gates. So Sanballat and Geshem sent a message, asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sanballat's servant came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, There is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Later, I went to visit Shemaiah, son of Deleah, and grandson of Mehetabel, who was confined to his home. He said, Let us meet together inside the temple of God and bolt the doors shut. Your enemies are coming to kill you tonight. But I replied, Should someone in my position run from danger? Should someone in my position enter the temple to save his life? No, I won't do it. I realized that God had not spoken to him, but that he had uttered this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. They were hoping to intimidate me and make me sin. Then they would be able to accuse and discredit me. Remember, O oh my God, all the evil things that Tobiah and Sanballat have done. And remember Noadiah the prophet and all the prophets like her, who have tried to intimidate me. So, on October 2nd, the wall was finished, just fifty-two days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. During those fifty-two days, many letters went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him, because his father-in-law was Shechaniah, son of Ara, and his son, Jehohanan, was married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me about Tobiah's good deeds, and then they told him everything I said, and Tobiah kept sending threatening letters to intimidate me. After the wall was finished, and I had set up the doors and the gates, the gatekeepers, singers, and Levites were appointed. I gave the responsibility of governing Jerusalem to my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the fortress, for he was a faithful man who feared God more than most. I said to them, Do not leave the gates open during the hottest part of the day, and even while the gatekeepers are on duty, have them shut and bar the doors. Appoint the residents of Jerusalem to act as guards, everyone, on a regular watch. Some will serve at sentry posts, 
and some in front of their own homes. At that time, the city was large and spacious, but the population was small, and none of the houses had been rebuilt. So my God gave me the idea to call together all the nobles and leaders of the city, along with the ordinary citizens, for registration. I had found the genealogical record of those who had first returned to Judah. This is what was written there. Here is the list of the Jewish exiles of the provinces who returned from their captivity. King Nebuchadnezzar had deported them to Babylon, but now they returned to Jerusalem and the other towns in Judah where they originally lived. Their leaders were Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Sareah, Realeah, Nehemani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpar, Bigvi, Rehum, and Baana. This is the number of the men of Israel who returned from exile. The family of Perosh, 2,172. The family of Shephatiah, 372. The family of Ara, 652. The family of Pehath-Moab, descendants of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. The family of Elam, 1,254. The family of Zatu, 845. The family of Zakai, 760. The family of Bani, 648. The family of Bebai, 628. The family of Asgad, 2,322. The family of Adonikam, 667. The family of Bigvi, 2,067. The family of Aden, 655. The family of Ater, descendants of Hezekiah, 98. The family of Hashem, 328. The family of Bezai, 324. The family of Jorah, 112. The family of Gibar, 95. The people of Bethlehem and Natopha, 188. The people of Anathoth, 128. The people of Beth Asmaveth, 42. The people of Kiriath Jerim, Kephira, and Beeroth, 743. The people of Ramah and Geba, 621. The people of Michmash, 122. The people of Bethel and Ai, 123. The people of West Nebo, 52. The citizens of West Elam, 1,254. The citizens of Harem, 320. The citizens of Jericho, 345. The citizens of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The citizens of Senea, 3,930. These are the priests who returned from exile. The family of Judea, through the line of Jeshua, 973. The family of Immer, 1,052. The family of Pashur, 1,247. The family of Harim, 1,017. These are the Levites who returned from exile. The families of Jeshua and Cadmio, descendants of Hodaviah, 74. The singers of the family of Asaph, 148. The gatekeepers of the families of Shalom, Ater, Talman, Akab, Hatita, and Shobai, 138. 
the descendants of the following temple servants returned from exile. Ziha, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Kiros, Siaha, Padan, Labana, Hagabah, Shalmai, Hanan, Giddel, Gehar, Rea, Rezin, Nakoda, Gazam, Uzzah, Pasia, Besai, Meunim, Nefusim, Backbook, Hakufa, Harher, Basluth, Mehida, Harsha, Barkos, Sisera, Tima, Neziah, and Hatifa. The descendants of these servants of King Solomon returned from exile. Sotai, Hasophereth, Peruda, Jaela, Darkon, Giddel, Shephatiah, Hattel, Pachareth Hazabayim, and Amai. In all, the temple servants and the descendants of Solomon's servants numbered 392. Another group returned at this time from the towns of Telmila, Telharsha, Kirub, Adon, and Immer. However, they could not prove that they or their families were descendants of Israel. This group included the families of Delea, Tobiah, and Nakoda, a total of 642 people. Three families of priests, Hobeah, Hakaz, and Barzillai, also returned. This Barzillai had married a woman who was a descendant of Barzillai of Gilead, and he had taken her family name. They searched for their names in the genealogical records, but they were not found, so they were disqualified from serving as priests. The governor told them not to eat the priest's share of food from the sacrifices until a priest could consult the Lord about the matter by using the Urim and Thummim, the sacred lots. So a total of 42,360 people returned to Judah, in addition to 7,337 servants and 245 singers, both men and women. They took with them 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the family leaders gave gifts for the work. The governor gave to the treasury 1,000 gold coins, 50 gold basins, and 530 robes for the priests. The other leaders gave to the treasury a total of 20,000 gold coins and some 2,750 pounds of silver for the work. The rest of the people gave 20,000 gold coins, about 2,500 pounds of silver, and 67 robes for the priests. So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and some of the common people settled near Jerusalem. The rest of the people returned to their own towns throughout Israel. In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the Law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. 
all the people listened closely to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Mattathiah, Shema, Aneah, Uriah, Helkiah, and Maaseah. To his left stood Pedeah, Mishael, Malchijah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. The Levites, Jeshua, Benai, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akab, Sabathai, Hodiah, Maaseah, Kelita, Azariah, Jazabad, Hanan, and Peleah, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people, said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks, and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festive meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy, because they had heard God's words and understood them. On October 9th, the family leaders of all the people, together with the priests and Levites, met with Ezra the scribe to go over the law in greater detail. As they studied the law, they discovered that the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should live in shelters during the festival to be held that month. He had said that a proclamation should be made throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, telling the people to go to the hills to get branches from olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy trees. They were to use these branches to make shelters, in which they would live during the festival, as prescribed in the law. So the people went out and cut branches, and used them to build shelters on the roofs of their houses, in their courtyards, in the courtyards of God's temple, or in the squares just inside the water gate and the Ephraim gate. So everyone who had returned from captivity lived in these shelters during the festival, and they were all filled with great joy. The Israelites had not celebrated like this since the days of Joshua, son of Nun. Ezra read from the book of the law of God on each of the seven days of the festival. Then on the eighth day they held a solemn assembly, as was required by law.